Y'all remember when Drake got caught on a date at Dodger Stadium? Well, that lady has a son who's a really good basketball player. And it was a lot of people making jokes like, yo, Drake is smashing your mom. And I couldn't help but think to myself, so? Someone is smashing yours too? And it ain't Drake. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying that you might not have a great stepdad, but it ain't Drake. Someone has to do it. And it's happening to a lot of you. But the man was accomplished a lot less than Drake. This kid just posted an Instagram with a custom number 10 chain. Diamond out. Dripping. It was gifted to him by Drake. Wasn't his birthday. It's not Christmas as far as I know. Just sent it to him because it was Thursday. I'm assuming he wears the number 10. Symbolic. Looks like it was worth thousands. And all I'm saying is, well, what's the last thing your stepdaddy bought you? Welcome to In The Moment. I'm in the moment. Stay in the moment. There's a moment in everything. I talk yeah. about the comedy in it all. This yeah. is your first time. Welcome to the funniest I'm podcast you have never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners. And my new listeners Episode 78 You can put everything on it Doing this winning since about the beginning I never could see an opponent I'm saying it for Sit in the back All of it raw All of it fat We here another week as always Clap it up for yourself You could be anywhere in the world But you're here with me And I appreciate it We gonna get into it We got a lot to talk about today man It was balls and brows on the line All week on the Bird Show, you heard me right. It was someone's balls and another someone's eyebrows on the line. It was the bet of the century, and it went down. We got to get into that. We got to talk about the fight in the stands. We got a lot to talk about in this hour. Before I really get into it, though, let me take time to give you a very special shout-out. Yes, you. Shout-out to my podcast listeners. Before we even get to the shout-out section. Simply because I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they told me, yo, you know who your most special listeners are? I said, no. He said, your podcast listeners. He said, think about it. Every other platform where people listen to you, it's possible that some of the listeners... Tuning in may have stumbled upon you by accident. In radio, you can just kind of be turning the dial and end up somewhere and be checking them out. On your social media, a lot of times people check out your content that don't necessarily follow you or look forward to your content. They just stumble upon it. But with podcasts, typically, everyone who's tuned in to you at the time is there because they went out their way to be there. They then just stumble upon your podcast. It comes to their phone and they look forward to it or they go out of their way to get there. But it's a little more difficult to stumble upon a podcast than it is all of your other platforms. And I was like, that's valid. I never looked at it that way. Your podcast is by far your most loyal and dedicated listeners, for sure. So shout out to y'all. Man, if y'all don't know y'all dope, I 100% appreciate y'all for being here every week. Which is why I come in here excited to give y'all everything that I got. That's enough of being happy. Let's talk about the shit that made me mad. Stress been on my head. Why they test my I'm just trying to you ever have somebody tell you, yo, man, you remind me of me. Like, I feel like I used to hear that a lot. Growing up, you find yourself in a situation doing something to somebody's like, man, I can see it. You remind me of me. I used to feel like I ain't really a compliment, man. <laughs> so? <laughs> hey, who do you think you are that that's a compliment? I don't want to remind you of you. I'm me. You don't even know what I think of you. To know how I'm going to take the fact that you think I'm you. 
How arrogant you got to be? It was times in my life when someone said that, and I felt like I lost a little bit of confidence behind it. Lost some self-esteem because I thought I was better than them. <laughs> what do you mean I remind you of you? Clearly, I'm not as dope as I thought I was. I have to work harder. <laughs> you certainly don't remind me of me. That's for sure. Who's next? <laughs> that reminds me. I remember one time one of my homeboys told me he got into an argument with his lady. And he was like, yo, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? And she was like, why don't you be more like me and less like you? <laughs> and I just remember laughing because I thought that was so funny. He didn't think it was funny at all. I thought it was hilarious. And he was like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, yo, <laughs> she literally asked you to just be her. Like, that's it. That's all you got to do. I'm like, I wouldn't have taken that as an insult. It would have just felt like, well, maybe you should be with yourself. And Justin Bieber already answered this one. You like the way you look so much. You should go and love yourself, baby. But the audacity of her to tell him, hey, if you can just be more like me. This thing will go smooth. Like, yo, if you could be just a little more like me, it would make it easier for me to get along with you. <laughs> In a way, I kind of got it. Who's next? So basketball player Andre Drummond posted a video on Instagram of what was almost a tragic incident. Now, it wasn't, and no one was harmed. That's the only reason I'm going to even talk about it. But his kid was in the backyard sitting on the edge of a pool. And then the kid literally falls into the pool. So when the camera kicks in, all you really see is the kid on the edge of the pool inching toward the water. And there are like two other people in the backyard that are in view of the camera. There's a woman who is within reach of the kid. One sudden move and she can be right there. Then there's someone else who's a little further away. The kid falls into the water. Super scary sight. Daddy Andre comes flying out of nowhere, dives into the water, saves his son. He's a hero. Now, of course, there were people in the comments who were like, oh, my God, why is your kid by the pool? I won't be that person. These tragic incidents happen so often that it must be harder than someone like myself who's never had a pool and a kid can imagine. My thing was, homegirl that was within reach of the kid didn't move. I'm thinking to myself, we could never be friends again. <laughs> Family, husband and wife, nothing. And I was talking to one of my homeboys and he was like, wait, so if this happens to you and you look at the footage and someone that you have at your home, because I don't know what the relation was between the lady and Andre, but when his son jumped in that pool, he had to come from way down court. He was cherry picking, apparently. And get the rebound because homegirl was right by the rim and decided that she would never be a Dennis Rodman. She did nothing. And I get it. It's a shocking situation. And sometimes people freeze up. And that was the debate that my friend and I were having. He was like, yo, somebody can go into shock in a moment like that and not know what to do. And I'm like, no. There's no shock to go into. My son just fell in the water. The water is three feet. You're five feet something. What exactly is there to think about? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> he was like, you would really be mad. Hell yeah, I would be mad. Oh, my son was in the pool. Fam, if you can walk, if you have any swimming ability, 
You should have been in the water before I got there. Or we going to have something to talk about. He was like, Mo, that's crazy for you to act like that. And I thought that was funny because I told him that's no different than back in the day when we used to get into a fight. And if somebody in the crew didn't jump in and you found out about it, you ain't like him no more. Nah, he can't rock with me. He was like, yeah, we, we was kidding. I don't hear none of that. <laughs> if you could get mad at somebody for not jumping in a fight, you could damn sure get mad at somebody for not jumping in the water to save your child, man. We can't be friends no more. I'm Deborah Cox. You are L. Some of you will get that. But would you be friends with a person? If you went back to the videotape and in the moments that your child's life was in jeopardy, they ain't do shit. It ain't like you had to jump in the water and fight a gator. It's like three feet. You don't get your ass in the water. Who's next? I'm mad at relationships that are so toxic that at the end of the relationship, after y'all break up, people celebrate. You ever seen that? Like have people congratulate you for getting out of a relationship? <laughs> hey, you. I feel like you should have some questions to ask yourself. If you get out of a relationship and everybody around you goes, yo, congratulations. I knew it was only a matter of time. I'm proud of you. I don't know how to feel in a situation like that. Yo, y'all was all rooting against me. No wonder it didn't work. Y'all was putting it in the universe. I've seen this so many times. Who's next? I'm mad at people who go out of their way to point out the fact that you didn't call them back. And I would have never said this out loud if I wasn't inspired by T-Pain. But I heard him talk about this in a recent interview on Drink Champs. And I felt like somebody understood me, man. Because I just can't have somebody say, yo, I called you and you ain't answer. Because I, I, ain't, I ain't scared of nobody, I so I ain't no I love, them I love them people that, yo, I called you, you ain't answer. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that should tell you something. That, <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I'll be wanting to pick up. That should tell you, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you noticed. That should fucking tell you something. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to start taking your advice. Yo, that's exactly how I feel when this happens. I would never be the guy to say, yo, you ain't call me back. Just because I got too much pride. <laughs> if you ain't call me back, I'm going to assume there was a reason. The funny thing is, people have gotten mad at me for the opposite. They be like, yo, what happened to you? I'm like, what happened to me? I called you, you ain't call me back. I know, so that's just it? Yes, that's just it. <laughs> what you mean? What was supposed to happen? You didn't call me back. What if something happened to me? Well, I guess eventually I would have found out. But nothing happened to you. So why are we even talking about that? If your only go-to in a situation is what if I died? Fam, you're wrong. Chances are you're probably not winning this debate. Somebody will resort to what if I died so fast? Just to win a debate? You gonna kill yourself? <laughs> My God. Some people do anything to win a little conversation. If you don't call me back, I'm going to assume you weren't interested. You don't text me back, I guess it wasn't that important. I'm not going to be the person to ask you why you didn't call me back. Because if somebody asked me that, I'm thinking, well, the question kind of answers itself. Who's next? Now, sometimes you get busy for real, right? You got to throw that in there for... Just in case purposes. <laughs> Who's next? Bonus round real quick. I think I'm mad when people stop to tell you that they disagree. I don't even think if that's something you can be mad at, but I'm going to give it a shot. Here's what I mean. Sometimes you'll tweet something, right? For example, I just tweeted, you ever genuinely forgot how old you are for a second? Like it catch you off guard and you really got to think about it? Nah, me either. Well... <laughs> Thing is, I just did that the other day. When somebody called me an age that's really close to my real age, 
And then for a second, I had to go, wait, am I, what, wait, what? Oh, no, wait, no, no. Yeah, I know how old I am. There's a moment. And sometimes you do some shit that you just want to reach out and find out if you're the only one. So I did. And it was mad people who was tweeting back, yo, Mo, I've done that. Yo, I've done that. Yo, that's crazy. Happens between 30 and 35. It's all mushed together. I don't know what time it is sometime. And I'm like, yes. I'm reading all these comments like people understand. They feel me. I'm not going crazy. I'm not abusing these substances. <laughs> and then it's always the people who got to go, no, that's never happened to me. Hey, buddy. You know what? You could have just kept driving, man. You didn't have to stop. This pit just isn't for you. This is not your bud. That's all. Spud's not for you. There was no need for you to stop. You could have just kept going. Sometimes I just see a tweet that has nothing to do with me. I just keep it moving. I don't stop to tell the person, hey, you're a dumbass. But maybe I should. Who's next? All right, let's get into shout outs. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Because I swear to God, you probably even closer than you think. She get overwhelming. That's why I be smoking when I drink. Coke shout out to my mom. I am literally recording this on her birthday. Happy birthday, mom. It's lit. <laughs> Some of the people were in the comments like, oh, so you were raised by Leo, huh? I'm going to keep that in mind when you make your Leo video. Well, do it. My mama understand I got to do what I got to do. But today is her special day. I love my mom so much, it's scary. I'm so proud of her, and I just want to give her a special happy birthday. You deserve all the love and all the celebrating, so I hope you feel it. And in case I have to say it for the listeners, I don't have to say this for my mom. She knows what time it is. I am not going to ease up on the Leo video. Somebody was like, oh, you afraid? No, I'm not. It's the only time in life I get to say a few bad things about my mom and don't get popped in the mouth. If you don't think these are my moments... Well, you don't know much about me. <laughs> yeah, just kidding, Mom. This video will be about every other Leo. Not her. Who's next? Shout out to Katie and Romeo. <laughs> producer of the Bird Show and the phone screen on the Bird Show. They had a pool game this week, if you're not aware, where they went at it. It was a game of pool. Started out over a game that they played at producer Tommy's house. It ended up being 1-1. One, one, Apparently, Romeo came out like a pool shark. He tried the old, oh, I haven't played in a while, stretched his shoulders, did that whole ordeal, and then started getting busy. Katie was like, oh, okay, I know what time it is with him. But see, Romeo played it wrong because you're supposed to miss, miss a few shots, maybe even blow a game before you show who you really are. He didn't do that. He went right to the skills. So somehow they ended up tied, one up. So they had to settle their differences on the bird show but not without something on the line, of course. And, well, if Katie lost, she had to shave her eyebrows, which I learned don't grow back for two to three months, and Romeo was going to draw new eyebrows on her forehead, which if I was doing it, they would have been literally on her forehead. So I don't know what he had in mind, but she also had to go to a wedding where she was going to be the best woman. So she had a lot on the line. Romeo, on the other hand, his balls were on the line. He was going to get a Brazilian, which I have also recently learned that they, well, they go everywhere. Apparently, you lay down, face down, ass up, <laughs> and spread them. And they clean you left to right, up and down. And then they were going to throw them out on the streets on a corner in front of busy traffic. With the tightest speedo on and have him hold the sign saying, Katie stole my balls. It was all on the line. So I posted it on my Instagram. I don't know if y'all went and looked up the story to see who won. But drum roll, please. Katie waxed him. Which means someone else will do the same. Um, behind the scenes were amazing. <laughs> Because the, the tension was really there. It was thick. Romeo was like, yo, my jeans are getting tighter. Palms were sweaty. Knees weak. Arms was heavy. 
Katie was mad cool, calm, collected, had a goddess dope shirt on, had a prayer on her finger, on her ring. Just cool. And it was a great game. Katie jumped out in front, was looking bad for Romeo, and then he came back. He seemed to struggle every time we went live on air. I feel like Romeo was doing better when we weren't all in his business, which I understood. But he came back after we all thought we couldn't call it a comeback. Little LL reference for you. <laughs> and then it came down to the last shot and he hit the A-ball in. And I think the fact that Romeo had to sit there with like, maybe it was 20 minutes and just look at his last shot. I feel like that's hard for anybody, man. I get in your psyche. Just looking at the final shot for 20 minutes over and over, going over it in your mind. Knowing your balls are on the line. It's a lot of pressure, man. You know what I mean? When you down to your last ball over your balls. Imagine having to make some balls so that you don't have to show your balls. And y'all know I know something about showing some balls. I'm just saying. So he shot the eight ball in. Pressure was too much. Katie won. Most people were happy. It seems like Romeo was the villain in the situation somehow. I understood it. Nobody wants to see Katie have to shave her eyebrows. Plus, that's a lot longer of a punishment. So I got it. So Romeo lost and... Well, he'll be in a Speedo on a corner near you. Just wait for it. But shout out to both of them. It was a great week. Who's next? Shout out to Britney Spears. <laughs> Simply because she's free-ish. I feel like we've been talking about this situation for so long, man. I still got to watch the doc. A lot of people told me to check it out. So I could really get an understanding of what's going on. I didn't even know what a conservatorship was. I didn't know what it was until this situation. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even think a situation like this was possible, man. So in learning all that she's going through, it's crazy. There's a lot I could say, but I won't about what I would do if I was her. But definitely want to see her have her freedom. So looks like uh, they took a step in the right direction. And I guess at this time, that's something to be grateful about and happy for. So, shout out to Britney. It's Britney, bitch. Who's next? Shout out to this documentary I watched a couple days ago called Malice at the Palace on Netflix. Not getting paid to talk about this. The documentary was just fire. If you're not a sports fan... You may not know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are a sports fan, I'm pretty sure you do. But there was a huge brawl in the NBA between the Pacers and the Pistons in 2004. And the fight started on the court between two of the players, Ron Artest and Ben Wallace. Ron Artest went and sat, or laid down, I should say, on the scores table. And a fan launched a cup of beer. True idiot, but some of the greatest aim you'll ever see in your life. No lie. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady-esque. And it landed directly on Ron Artest's chest. He immediately gets up, runs into the stands, and fights the wrong fan, which then turns into this massive brawl between players and fans everywhere in the arena. There's barely any security, and it just goes crazy. And at the time, there was a lot of video editing and things of that nature. There were things the NBA did to kind of make it seem like it was all on the players and the fans had no responsibility in it whatsoever. And the entire thing, you can argue, well, I don't know if you can, was really started with a guy in the stands who threw a beer at a player, which obviously should never happen, period. Argue if Ron should have went in the stands, if the players should have went in the stands too after he did. I get all that. That's fair. But at the end of the day, it starts with the beer. And this guy's doing interviews and, oh, man, like it's all good. And players lost, I mean, careers, money. A lot happened over this incident. But watch the doc if you're interested. That's not exactly what I'm here to talk about. In watching this doc, I was reminded through talking to a couple of my friends in a group text that there was a time 
when no one, I mean no one, it seemed, on the planet believed that this incident was the fans' fault. Everyone blamed the players. And one of my best friends, my guy, his name is Coase, he comes into class because we went to college together, does a whole presentation on why he felt like Ron Artest and Steven Jackson did nothing wrong. <laughs> and this was at a time when no one was doing things like this. I mean, this man really defended Steven Jackson fighting the fans. Nowadays, yeah, you got social media. You're a little more prepared to hear opinions that are just out of nowhere or completely different than those of your own. But back then, not so much, man. You weren't really walking in class and just saying, hey, I'm glad the players beat the shit out of them fans, bro. Yep, every one of them deserved it. Like, everybody was kind of on the side of the player should never go into the stands. That's, that's insane. And here he was. Nah, I don't see it like that. And thinking of that moment made me think of all the other moments when he did similar things with his projects. Anytime we had to present, this is all true, a project in front of the class, he always did some wild shit. I don't know how else to put it. To the point where everyone in the class knew when it was his turn, you ain't know what you was going to get. You was just locked in. Like, he's going to come with something that's going to make taking this class and this entire semester worth it. And one day, I remember trying to get him to tell me what he was working on. He wouldn't tell me. We go into the class. People looking at me like I got the answers. I don't even have them. He goes up there and he opens his little, I don't remember if it was like a board or a screen or whatever it was, but... He did an entire speech on porn (laughs) and was dead serious. It was like a what do you want to do when you grow up project. I think it was CS 101. And the content didn't matter. You just had to show that you could like use all of the Microsoft programs, I think is what it was. And I just remember he had a slide and it was a picture of Jenna Jameson with kids. And he was like, yo. I want to be this person. I want to do porn so I can give back to the community. This was brave. A lot of projects that you would have been like, yo, fam. And I had to walk into the class with him every time he did one of these outlandish ass projects. But looking back on it, it's amazing. Both of us are extremely shocked that he graduated. But at the same time, the man is a legend. Shout out to Coast. I don't even think I was brave enough to do something like that back then. I really don't. I'm pretty damn brave. Who's next? All right, let's get down to business. All right, last week I spoke about Kanye West and the listening party. And I'm going to give y'all these numbers to prove to you that I was right. But people will argue that Kanye is crazy. And he's not a genius. Okay. That's fine. I don't care one way or the other. But after witnessing what I saw at the listening party and how this man manipulated the masses in such a strategic way of which appeared to be so obvious to me, yet millions were so oblivious. Yeah, you can argue there's some genius in that. And I'm not going to go back into all the details of all the things he did, but I will say this as a follow-up from last week. He had 3.3 million viewers on the stream for the first listening event he had at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It was the most viewed Apple Music live stream ever. Well, based on new reports from Billboard, he did 5.4 million views the second time around. Broke his own record. 8.7 million people around the world tuned in to see this listening event. And however many hundred thousand saw it live right here in Atlanta. The man made 7 million in revenue 
from in-person sales of his merch. So I told y'all he was selling everything for $100 a pop and it was selling out. Listen, if y'all don't call that genius, how much of his time did it take? He ain't let nobody see his face. <laughs> this is different. Seven million off of some merch with holes in it. Look dirty in it. Like you ain't got nowhere to go. That's how you look with all Kanye merch. Like you just don't know where you're going or where you're coming from. But it costs a lot. Man made $7 million. I can't do nothing but applaud it. Well done. And the next time all you Geminis get upset with me or try to debate me on whether or not y'all are the most manipulative people on the planet, I just want you to remember these four words. Kanye West, Donald Trump. Who's next? This reminds me. I spoke earlier about homegirl that was sitting in the pool when the baby fell in and did nothing. And again, I only make light of that situation because no one was hurt. And in this situation, no one was hurt either. But I meant to say something about this a couple weeks ago and I forgot. I just remembered. Erica Mena and Safari are a couple. Safari is uh, Nicki Minaj's ex. You can Google him if you care. There was a scene between the two of them when they're like in a studio and they have a baby and the baby falls. The baby cries. The baby's okay, you know, but he had a little fall. But when the baby falls, so does the guitar next to the baby. And when I say the baby, I'm not talking about the artist that the world hates. This was an actual baby. I feel like I have to say that because if I don't, some of y'all would have hated this baby and the story would make no sense. Baby falls, cries, wham, wham, wham. And neither of the parents react with any sort of urgency. Just kind of like, oh, shit, man, get the baby. <laughs> I was like, hey, yo. Is this what parenting is really like behind the scenes? Because I've only been a child. I haven't been a parent. Y'all got to let me know. Because I, I feel like anytime I've seen a baby fall, I've seen the parent have some sense of urgency. If I didn't, I would have, well, some questions or at least concerns. But I tell you, both of them looked at each other like, yo, 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 come on with the falling shit today. You get them. And then Erica Mena picks up the guitar first. Like, yo, Lenny Kravitz, what are you doing? You don't even play guitar. You don't just leave the baby for the guitar? Again, if I become an adult and I happen to get my hands on this footage and you did nothing when I fell, I want nothing to do with you, dad and you. Seem to care more about guitars than me. Well, nothing to do with you either. Fake-ass Jimi Hendrix. Leave me alone, Mom. Just saying. It didn't look good. And maybe they should have got the sickle of the week. But it happened a few weeks ago. Who's next? I just want the truth in everything you say. Pain inside my heart that you can't take away. So I think I might have to change my stance on something. How do y'all feel about boundaries and telling someone that you're creating them? I used to feel like when you create boundaries, when someone forces you to, you have to tell them. You have to inform them. Like, yo, things are going to change between the two of us for whatever reason in whatever relationship. And I remember someone saying, no, you don't. You don't know anyone that. And I felt like, well, what if they're a good friend? Someone you once communicated successfully with. Maybe even a significant other. I don't know. Coworker that you once was really cool with, whatever the case. But something in me felt like, yeah. If you once were in a really good place with someone and now you have to Dial it back for whatever reason. Even if you feel as if it's completely their fault. 
you should at least tell him. And I felt like that was the right thing to do at the time. With recent events, not so sure. Maybe you don't. Do you really owe that to him? Especially in cases where you feel as if they were obviously wrong or weird, off, foul, grimy, whatever the case. If someone does enough of something, whatever that may be, often enough to where it changes your mood or how you feel or how you view them. And maybe the offense is not so much to where you have to cut them off permanently and never talk to them again, but it's enough to where you're like, you're not exactly who I thought you were. And this relationship is not beneficial to me. And I think it would be better if we remained on speaking terms, but just dial it back a bit. Therefore, you won't be able to get to me or trigger me in the ways that you used to. If it gets to the point where you really have to do that, I don't think you owe them much. Now, if they ask, I personally would tell them. I think that's more of a personal thing. You can tell them if you want. You cannot tell them if you don't. Whatever. I would tell you if you asked. But if you don't, well, you're just going to feel the rafts of the boundaries being put up. And I've changed my stance on this because I just feel as if the older I get, the more I grow, the more I learn. I've come to the reality that there are just some people who you can't tell shit. <laughs> you can't say anything to them. You can try all you want to. They're going to hear what they want the same way they do what they want, which is typically why they can be a bit toxic at times. You can be in situations where you genuinely want to help somebody. You genuinely want to be a part of their life. In a certain way, that's simply just not possible because of the way they come off or who they are, especially people who struggle to take accountability for much. I seem to have dealt with a lot of those people in my life, but I didn't truly know what I was dealing with until I got old enough to somewhat diagnose that. Like, Oh, that's what we're dealing with here. I'm not always wrong, or I'm not crazy, I'm not weird, I'm not so damn difficult. It's just that this person wants me to take the blame every single time. It's always me. Oh, there were times in my life when I had to stop and realize, like, yo, every time we get together, I'm practically taking care of you. All the things we're enjoying as friends or whatever the case. It could be going out. It could be drinks. It could be whatever. I'm providing that. I know a lot of smokers who go through that. Every time you smoking with your homeboy or your homegirl, that's smoking your stuff. <laughs> but then every time you go on their Instagram, they high. Hold up, yo. Why that product never find its way over here? <laughs> Sometimes you go out with one of your friends, you pay every time. Sometimes every time you talk to one of your friends, they lay in all of their drama and their problems on you. They want advice from you. They want to suck some of your energy, take some of your joy. And I'm not even saying that these people do these things on purpose all the time. Sometimes they really may not know they're doing it. Maybe people around them enable them. Maybe they've never had to be the provider. Maybe they just don't think about it. They're selfish. Maybe they don't care. Whatever the case I always used to feel as if, yo, you let a person know when the boundaries are put up. But I had to put some boundaries up on someone that I have to deal with. I'm not going to call them out because it's not the point. But I definitely had to put some boundaries up on a friend. And it is what it is because I know I can't talk to them if I wanted to. They're not going to get it. So there's no point. But I'm certain they feel the boundaries and ever since... It's been a much healthier relationship. And so long as they don't want an explanation, I don't feel the need to give them one. It just is what it is. But putting up boundaries when they're necessary is so important and vital to your peace 
and your happiness and your joy and your health and all the things. It's extremely important to recognize when you have to put boundaries up. And it's even more important to put those boundaries up once you recognize it. There's no other way around that. So happy hunting. Who's next? Song of the week is Luther Vandross, If Only For One Night. If you've never heard this song or you don't know what this song is, thank me later. Let me hold you tight. If only for one night. Let me keep you I bring this song up because I was listening to it the other day. It's one of my favorite songs. And I never truly thought about the content of this song. Like a lot of songs you grow up on, you never really think about what they're saying, especially when you're a kid. You just, you vibing. You, you know what I mean? To the, to the music, to the lyrics, to the whatever, but never really thinking. I never really thought about the fact that Luther Vandross was so dope that he might have made the flyest one-night stand song ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this song is about a one-night stand, for real. And if you would have asked me, I would have never imagined that there was a way to make a one-night stand sound so romantic and sexy. It's don't really come off like that when you think about it. Yo, and you had a one-night stand, they frown upon that. That's nasty. Who would do that? That's sick. You know what Luther said? Let me hold you tight, if only for one night. Let me keep you near to ease away your fear. It would be so nice. If only for one night. Fam, who's saying no to that? <laughs> he said he wasn't going to tell a soul. Nobody got to know. Fully discreet. By your side, if only for one night. You will never, as long as you live, hear a man ask for a one-night stand more romantically, passionately, or sexually <laughs> than that in your life. Rest in peace to the great Luther Vandross. Who's next? All right, let's do the sicko award. He's so fake, but I'm so real. Yeah, I'm so sick, but just All right, and the Sicko Award goes to Brittany Renner. If you don't know who that is, don't worry about it. You're better off for it. But this woman has been creating videos trying to trap rappers or athletes, have a baby with them. She's actually, like, literally said this on these videos. So this ain't one of those I ain't saying she's a gold digger situations. Like, nah, we saying it because she said it. Made it clear. Dated a whole bunch of celebrities. I guess she never succeeded, but she was, uh... So finally, she stumbled upon P.J. Washington, who was apparently a really good basketball player at Kentucky, and, well, she went and got him while he was there, while he was in school. Stuck it out with him all the way till the NBA, got pregnant, and now the man is paying some crucial child support. And, of course, the whole situation is nasty. But just the fact that this is what she's on... Trying to trap a ball player. I feel bad for PJ. They lighten him up online as they should be, but he's also a kid. You don't know any better. She trapped him, and it worked. And it's a success story, apparently. And it's just disgusting, because if the roles were reversed, I don't think people would be clapping. And yeah, you can say he did it to himself. Can't really argue that one. Damn it, PJ. You're going to end up back in the PJs. Y'all remember that show? Who's next? Moment of the week. Yo, I got the biggest laugh out of this. Because I just thought it was hilarious, and so did my mom. So, <laughs> on my mom's birthday post, I started the post with, It's a real one birthday. It's a, I-S-S-A, real one birthday. Which I'm sure y'all have seen before. And... My mom took a picture of one of the comments and sent it to me. And it was from one of my followers whose name happens to be Karen. And her comment was, happy birthday, Miss Issa. <laughs> I don't know why. 
I guess she just didn't, you know, she don't know it's a real one birthday. So she like, oh, Miss Issa and or Issa. Maybe she thought my mom's was Issa Rae. I don't know. But for some reason, me and my mom just died laughing. Bless her heart. She told my mom her name was Issa. So shout out to Karen. You are the listener of the week. Simply because that made me laugh. So hard. Who's next? Reflective moment of the week. My trouble used to just double. When I ain't have a dollar, I used to struggle to struggle. Yeah, I was dreaming about the game, feeling fucked, listening. I was sitting in the studio, the Burt Show studio this week, listening to Kristen talk about some of the just phenomenal, amazing things that a mom's body does in order to take care of its child. A lot of different things like never really thought about how does the child breathe when in the mom's stomach. And there's things that a woman's body does to make that possible. And all of these things you just typically never really think about as a man. It's really like, it's mind-blowing when you really think about it. The human body is just simply mind-blowing. And I also thought about just what you have to do to get here. You know how they tell you the stories of the sperm and the millions of other sperm that you have to outrace and fight, go to war with just to be the one who survives and becomes of the earth, right? To have your moment, your day of birth, which is today for my mother. You got to fight. You got to go through a lot. A lot has to happen for the, For you to be chosen. And then a whole lot more has to happen for you to survive. And it made me think, you ever meet somebody that's just not really all the way there? Don't have it together? Don't have much to offer? I don't really like the word stupid, so I'm trying to find another way to say it if you're not picking up what I'm putting down. But just so left that you think about, damn... You beat out millions of the sperm for this shit? (laughs) Yo, your mom's body had to do all that miracle work for you to be like this? You know how many Steve Jobs might have been on that race with you? Yet here you are. All the universe had to make happen just to get your dumb ass here. (laughs) Hey, hey, right. I'm just joking, man. Who's next? Quote of the week. I saw a quote that said, sometimes just cutting people off is not enough. You also have to cut off the version of yourself that allowed that person to be there. And that quote hit me different. In talking about boundaries and how sometimes you have to create them, and other times you just have to cut someone off. But either way, You also have to do away with the person you were in that moment that allowed that person to do whatever they did to you. So always remember, you can't just cut off the person who's creating the toxicity. You also have to cut off the person who allowed it. That's the old version of yourself. As always, it's been a pleasure sharing the moment with you. I look forward to it every week. Hope you enjoyed this hour. And we'll do it again next week. Same bat channel, same bat time. None but love from me to you. And last but not least, my dude Coast brought up adopting a dog today. I'm praying for him. I'm hoping it goes well because it really put me in a space of having a moment where I thought about our family dog sees. Dogs are so special, man. I miss him so much. It's ridiculous. It's something about that little space that a dog you love leaves in your heart. And it's just there forever. I miss you, Caesar. I love you, little bro. Shout out to your dog if you're missing your dog. And shout out to y'all. Thank you again for listening. I love y'all as always. Next week, bitches. Yo, somebody asked me a question about Nick Cannon the other day. They brought him up like, yo, remember when you was on air that time? And you said something about Nick Cannon having all these babies? 
Look like he wrapping up the wrong head. <laughs> I said, yeah, I remember. And he said, well, what you think about the fact that he now commenting on the baby and saying that he think people being too hard on him? I said, well, seems to me like once again, Nick is focusing on the wrong damn thing. Man just had a baby. First, he was worried about wrapping up the wrong head. Now, apparently, he worried about the wrong baby. Maybe if I jump, i spread my wings. Yeah. I know I've been wrong about these I've things. I don't care if no one else believes. I, got a feeling about this I one think else. that if you believe it, then maybe we'll make it tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Right, not to try, we'll be the worst. 